0: Well, hey there. Welcome to another episode of Career Retrospectives right here on The Superview Show. I am joined by my two good friends, Kyle and Mike. What's going on, guys?
1: Hey. Yo. What's going on? The J-Man and the K-Man. Getting back to it.
0: <laughs> the J-Man and the K-Man. We're getting crazy over here already. So. Yes. yes. Um, but as most of you may or may not remember, last week when we did our Motley Crew 1984 album Breakdown, we talked about that album um, we spun the wheel and we decided to talk about. Uh, it landed on my pick, which was Chez Kane's debut album. Now, this one is, uh, I am gonna full disclosure from the get go. This is a this artist only has. I checked. I checked before we went live tonight. This artist only has, I think, fifteen thousand monthly listeners on Spotify. So she's very, very low key, very very like small. And hopefully, you know, hopefully this brings some light to this album and hope light to her as an artist because I I thought it was pretty good, but we're gonna, we're obviously gonna get into it a little bit. But yeah, tonight we're talking about um, Ches Kane's uh, debut album from uh, 2021. Um, it was since it was my pick, it's okay if I go first, right?
1: Yeah, that's oh, yeah, by all means.
0: Okay, cool. cool, I just want to check.
1: So be careful with these images. Were, these were <laughs> <essentially>, uh, <laughs> we might get the new, like, we like got a, a strike or some kind of, uh, you know. Let's just keep it as that
0: right now. So, for those of yeah. you who are listening to us all the time, we, we do this show live on YouTube and we show Google images. And this individual just happens to be very attractive. So, let's just put it that way in the family friendly way of putting it. <laughs> um, So, I came about this artist and this album by just going around on YouTube, looking at like different classic rock and uh people who like give news on that kind of like what we do here at the super view show on our YouTube channel, which I recommend you check out. If you're not, if you, if you only listen to us, definitely check out our YouTube channel as well. But this is an artist that I said, huh, I saw this uh, artist, Chez Kane. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure that's her actual name or not, but Chez Kane. I saw her on a YouTube channel. That I wanted, I was like, all right, whatever, let me, let me just check it out, whatever. She's, I heard what the guy was saying to her, and he was like describing how, like, her music is very much like a, a modern take on the 80s hard rock. And when, by 80s hard rock, I mean like the hair metal stuff, like the Def Leppards, the Bon Jovi's, uh, even like I, I would go so far. I saw some crew, Motley crew influence in there, here and there, but just hard driving rock and roll that's very under the radar. And I hope this by talking about it tonight brings a little bit of light to this artist and stuff like that too. I'm very curious to see what Kyle might say in a second, but yeah, I was watching YouTube and I was like, look, and I was like, you know what? Let me, let me see what this artist, this album, cause she has two albums out. She has one album in 2021 and another album she did in 2022. Um, But this one was, I, I listened to it over the weekend and a little bit today too, before we started going tonight. And I was taken back by how, Yes, it it definitely sounded like an '80s album. Like if if if, if this was released back in like 1987, 88, I, I would say it would be a classic today. Um, if if that was the case, like, like it, it, it it was it's not. I mean, it may not, may have not as been as big as like a Bon Jovi or a Def Leppard or a Winger or a Rat or a Motley Crue. but I think that this is definitely one of those. If it was released back then, it would have been huge back then and, and today. And today, it's just very under the radar for most people. And I hope we can expose people to this uh, album and her as an artist as well. Because I think, to my understanding, she tours as well, and she's under some. I, I was going through her Instagram. She does because it's funny. Mike and I were talking about this the other day. She does not have a Wikipedia page. That's how obscure this person is. We couldn't even find her on like Wikipedia. We only have I only could find her Instagram and whatnot. And that's about it. Which but uh, but yeah.
1: we, we have to create one after this is over. We might have to create can... one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just think but that's national progression here.
0: <laughs> I, I uh, yeah. I mean, but sound wise, I mean, we'll get into our track <laughs> listing and stuff. I know we can't even, we'll have to go off Spotify because there's no Wikipedia page, but, <laughs> but that's fine. Um, But yeah, it's really interesting. Take super unique take for a rock artist today. Cause I mean, when you typically think of rock throughout the decades, a lot of rock today is more a lot, a lot of guitar driven, like almost like not not quite. Like you think of like Fall Out Boy, you might think of like you know like like Revolution Radio type of Green Day. You might think about like you know or like you know or there are harder stuff as well, like you know the Asking Alexandria is like we did a discography breakdown of them too, or even like you know other types of rock like that today. That's his main, or even the Foo Fighters for whatever reason. But this one is very. Very unique and it's very under the radar. I actually enjoyed it a lot. I was, I was, I was entertained by it for at some points. I was tapping my foot a little bit. I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. I was, I, I I, I didn't didn't hear it until now. I had it saved on my Spotify, but I did not listen into it until we decided to do this. I was like, I'm glad we did. So, um, that's kind of where I'm coming from with it. I'm curious to see what, let's see what Mike has to say. Mike Chance Kane put out an obscure artist, put out this album. What is your take on this? Album, or her self titled debut.
1: Uh, do you want me just to go through the whole thing, or am I just uh, just, just, just like you... your
0: initial like thoughts, like oh. what, like what going into it, what did you expect, and what, yeah. what did you take out of it? You know what I mean? Stuff like that.
1: Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm definitely uh affected by nostalgia, and although I you know, I was born in 83, yep, there you go, folks, you yeah, have my age, but uh, like basically, I didn't really start listening to music until the 90s, like the 90s is more like um you know the area that I remember the most I still remember seeing the 80s stuff going on you know as reruns and and the things that you you know kind of like it still had a certain kind of look to it and like a feeling to it that like you appreciate and like prefer over today's kind of um you know pop uh that's presented today so it's like In a lot of ways, I tend to hear even new artists do 80s throwbacks and I'm like more open to liking them versus like a more modern sounding kind of offering. So like that, um, like that's that's kind of like when I heard this, I was immediately like, I love the how. Okay, it's like a it's like a kind of good and bad I loved how it was an 80s throwback and how it had all the elements that you wanted from an 80s throwback, but it didn't blend it with anything modern, which was cool. But I do think uh, it didn't take any risks, uh, but it also didn't stray far away from its uh, its kind of formula that it was using to kind of um, capture a lot of the 80s elements, even in the lyrics, uh, like mentioning things directly from the eighties, you know what I mean? Like, or, or saying things like it, it feels very much like uh, a big tribute um, to the eighties and all of its aspects. And there's nothing wrong with that. I do, I do like um, music that takes a little more risk and maybe uh, blends it with something a little more kind of like, uh, you know, maybe something of today, something of yesterday. Um, But by all means, I'm not hating on those artists who literally keep to a pure eighties set throwback sound and don't do anything new within it not a not hating on that but i definitely was taken uh by surprise by how uh um, unknown and how like uh definitely like some of these songs uh um i've never even had anybody even reference this album so uh yeah like i was just i I was surprised that you picked something that was Uh. more obscure than like i figured kyle and i would be the first to find an artist that we would have to listen to that would have no you. yeah I mean that uh, uh, you well done sir like well done for finding something like I know I even said that to you guys I wanted to do a time where we all just literally went through a list of music and found the most like obscure music uh that we could get and give some like uh you know kind of um like recognition to someone uh or an artist that nobody knows and like um that's even uh hard for me to find something without any wikipedia or any even just kind of like uh any play at all so yeah wow well done
0: yeah this was I just really quick cool before we go to kyle this was literally just me going on youtube and saying "Huh, let me look up like just digging through like a couple youtube channels and i was like "Huh, let's i mean and it intrigued me i was like and i was like oh it's like an it's a 80s throwback album a little bit and i just i, I liked what i heard but yeah let's go over to kyle for a second what do you got going into Ches kane's debut
2: So I'm kind of on board with Mike here for the most part in that I enjoy when things have like a throwback nostalgia sound, you know, unlike Mike, I was not alive in the eighties, but you know, I grew up with, you know, my first exposure to music really was eighties music in the car with my parents. So I have a very soft spot for that. You guys know me, you know, I love like that eighties, hair metal, glam metal. It's one of my favorite genres out there. Uh, So going into this, just by the album cover, I could tell essentially what I was getting into. Uh, I do think that it kind of worked to its detriment in a way, in that, like Mike said, there's nothing modern about it other than the production being slightly cleaner than it would have been, you know, like 40 years ago. Uh, it, It just stays a lot of the same sounds throughout the whole thing uh not too much variation in it i'll get to that when we talk about specific songs but overall it's pretty much what i was expecting in a way uh kind of has some of that pop rock aspects like that 80s more like synth hard pop like hard pop rock uh, in the first couple tracks there and then it kind of takes on more of a glam hair metal aspect for the rest of the record Uh, but i mean that's pretty much where i'm at with it like mike said i don't want to echo too much like a great job picking one that you know Neither of us have ever heard of. That's pretty hard to do for the three of us here. I, I agree. Uh, I think, <laughs> like Mike said, I think this is the first time this has happened on this channel where it's been artists that we uh, two of us had absolutely no idea of. Yeah. Know. Thank
0: you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. I'll be here all year, whatever. You know. <laughs> no, no. But, I can't. I can't. Yeah. But um,
2: yeah, I'm ready so, to get into track lists. If you guys are, I mean, for me, I don't want to give out too much in my initial.
0: Oh, no, yeah. That's what, so there's no Wikipedia page. We're literally just having to go up the Spotify track listing itself. Like, that's how obscure this artist is. It's like the album itself, there's no. It's right here, actually. We can pull it up here. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we're, for those of you listening to us, we're going off a picture on Google because there is no Wikipedia page for this artist at all, which is crazy to begin with. But, Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll read them off, and we'll go, and we'll go. Do you want to go together, or do you want to go one by one? How do you guys want? Up uh, to you. Each?
1: One by yeah, one. We one the usual. I mean,
0: it's only ten songs. Yeah, I'll go three. one by
1: one.
0: All right, cool, cool. Um, all right. So, better than love, all of it, rocket it on the radio, get on it. Too late for love, defender of the heart, ball and chain, midnight, rev, uh, run it rendezvous yep sorry i was trying to misread that uh die in the name of love and dead end street 10 songs um on this album uh let's go one by one so better than love you want to take it first guy
2: uh sure so on this one kind of it has that like synth intro that you very much associate with the 80s production is very much in the style of the 80s which again goes throughout the entire record, so I'm not going to say for every song. The one thing that sets this one apart from the other tracks is that this one has a pretty decently cool saxophone part toward the end that kind of breaks it up, which I thought was interesting. Uh, it's not so much my style of song, and this is another comment that I'm going to have for the almost every other song on the record, almost, is that this is just montage music. This is exactly in an 80s movie if a montage was going on this is this would be the song behind it people, it's just people exercising manipulate. getting ready for the race either that or like trying on different outfits it this is just <laughs> absolutely 80s fodder montage music uh i wouldn't go out of my way for it but it would work for like
1: that purpose uh this one's a six out of ten for me yeah, All and I feel right. like, you know, it's kinda of interesting you say that. I kind of felt uh similar. Um, it's pretty standard eighties rock throwback. Um the guitars are kinda of taking a back seat in this song to like mm-hmm. some of the synths, some of the, the vocals. The entire album is high on vocal, um, um with an exception of obviously some songs that are kind of um, really jack up the guitars. But for this one, you can definitely tell, um, this is a project that wants to highlight the talent that is delivering kind of um, the vocal kind of just um, prowess, which, um, you know, kudos to this entire album of being finding a talent who is is able to deliver and not have any kind of a weak kind of uh, you know effort in that area. So um, yeah, this was a this was a this was like a pretty standard song. Nothing. Too crazy special. The the chorus is decent. Um, you know, other than that, yeah, I I feel like I wish there was a little more guitar, a little more um you know, um rock in this one. So this one actually uh I'd still give it a seven. So I'm a little higher than Kyle. Kyle's the villain on this song, you know, or an echo boy song. (laughs) song. (laughs) Seven out of ten for me. Yeah. All right,
0: cool, cool. And I'm sitting at um I'm not gonna tell you yet, but I gotta tell you like the moment the moment I turned on I feel like I was about to turn on my CD. The moment I turned on the album, I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, the moment the riff on the keyboard sounds a lot like, uh, a combination of like Bon Jovi's "Runaway" and and Bad Medicine for whatever mm-hmm. reason. I don't yep. know you guys got that vibe, but
2: hundred yeah, percent.
0: Yeah, I was like, I was like, and wow, this
2: that's is- something that I think also runs throughout the album, yes. is just songs that sound insanely
1: similar. <laughs>
2: sometimes to their own detriment oh, for other songs
1: which yeah. in, is also in, interesting that this album's not written by her it's written by a guy from a band called crazy licks i believe um is it danny rexon and then a sarah fino whoever you know i don't even know how to say that Penguin? but um uh-huh. yeah but uh also i feel in a lot of ways um there are people who are like kind of behind that kind of, like I said, it's one big tribute to other musical artists, but their own spin, uh, um, you know, obviously uh, different enough. You know, there where their lawyers don't have to write a, a letter of, uh, you know, yeah. Apology, like, but you know,
0: you're using our melody, whatever, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're using our chord progression. Well, so what? It's, yeah. It's music, whatever. Um, no, <laughs> I, yeah. I but I I I gotta say I the moment I turned on I literally thought I literally thought that I thought, thought to myself, is this David Bryan on on keyboards from Bon Jovi or is this like is this like like late eighties Queen or whatever you know what I mean I literally got got those got that kind of vibe of like that Runaway Bon Jovi mm-hmm. vibe and I was like all right now I'm in because I I love me some Bon Jovi and I was like I was like and I've always liked to hear another take on that style and I I liked it a lot so I'm I'm sitting on like a seven seven point five. Uh, for Better Than Love, the opener, I, I thought it kicked ass. I thought it was a good start. Um, then we go down to all of it. Uh, you want to go, go again, Kyle? Or...
2: Yeah, well, let's just keep the same order. Keep it okay, easier. Cool.
0: Let's do that. Uh,
2: so this one, again, has same exact feel to it, but this one has more guitar-driven, which is most of the songs on the record from this point out. This has a really cool guitar riff on it. Um, the guitar on this record absolutely kills it whoever the guitarist is here does a great job on every track really one of the things and don't get me wrong she's an absolutely talented vocalist great vocalist this vocal style not for me Mm -hmm. I don't like those like belting vocals Mm -hmm. it's the same on almost every track with the same style of vocals not really enough variation for me uh, the chorus, I think, could have hit way harder on this one and been a little bit catchier. Yeah. Definitely the weakest part of the song for me was the chorus. I feel like it's trying too hard to be like Def Leppard levels of anthemic here of just having that big arena sing-along chorus, and it doesn't really reach that limit to me. Uh, I do appreciate it, towards the end, there's a really well-done guitar solo thrown in. I appreciate it. I think it fits very well. Uh, this one, again, pretty
1: standard. 6 out of 10. Yeah, right, for me Mike. I actually really uh this was one of those songs I just didn't like. Um it it almost reminded me of 80s country rock. Um mm-hmm. like uh where you know that dun dunch dun you know although you could say that oh, could yeah. be like that you could say that could be like uh you know Blondie or like even like Stevie Nicks or whatever like um but it just had that like Southern kind of like guitar kind of no 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 no, no, no you know it just kind of had that feel to it and it just bored me. Um and I just kind of was like, you know, this this chorus drags on. You know, it's predictable. Yep. It never breaks from its uh, you know, what it does. It never, you know. So um yeah, it definitely it definitely kind of just bored me. Um this was like pretty much a five out of ten for me. Um, you know, I didn't hate it. If I was listening to the background, it would be cool. Like it wouldn't turn it off. Um, but I definitely uh like wanted to skip uh like after hearing what was presented, okay. I'm like, is there anything else? Nope. It's just kind of the same chorus that just like, you know, it just takes so long to get through because it's just done so dun dun and dun and dun, 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 you know, and you're just why well, like, listening okay. to this song
2: when I can go listen to I love rock and roll.
1: right exactly yeah right exactly and it just yeah it definitely uh it definitely suffered uh from uh its formula like um when we speak about formula and how to make a hit song that's catchy that 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 would be uh a like as kyle said there's a detriment to that kind of uh staying true to the same thing in order to kind of you know make it more uh, digestible to um, you know the 80 fa- 80s fan that they're trying to um market to here so yeah yeah
0: and it's funny you mentioned like the drums and the beat of the drums and the the pattern uh for whatever reason this I don't know if you guys have heard of the meatloaf song I- I life is a lemon and I want my money back <laughs> that yeah. song starts off very similar mm. um with like the that's a big botch butch but but it's like it's more like uh menacing of a drum beat it's a, a little bit more the production on that's very like sinister um but whatever but yeah it's like that that kind of reminded me of that and then like the it was like literally we're gonna be saying a lot of stuff that's repeated but this album is very much like a a, a, a tribute in a, in a sense to uh previous artists that may have been deceased by now or they are just or their styles are no longer I guess as popular but I I, 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 applaud, I just want to say I applaud her for even like trying something like this too yeah just to create an album like this in general you know what I mean but um but yeah um all of it reminded me of life is a lemon and I want my money back my meatloaf uh that's the first thing I thought of like am I listening to meatloaf what's going on <laughs> from bad out of too um to, for me it's a solid uh, 6.5 out of 10. No, nothing super special again but just like it, it's there I like it and that's kind of where I'm at so uh rocket on the radio Kyle, what do you got for rocket on the radio?
2: uh so spoiler here this is my favorite one on the record by far uh no doubt about it no question it's not a 10 out of 10 uh i give this one a 9 out of 10 to be honest uh i really like this is where i feel like the album really starts hitting that flow of having this like glam hair metal influence for the most part uh guitar on this one absolutely kills the guitar solo is great uh very catchy fits the song perfectly the solo the chorus is great i like the attitude that this one brings you guys know me you know i love uh attitude and songs this -hmm. one brings a lot of it the only thing that brings it down on this is that 80s cheese on the lyrics and this is again present i haven't mentioned this one yet but it's present throughout the album is this this record and specifically this song very true to the 80s in that it has the same style of production, but a little cleaner, like I said. But it also brings the '80s cheese throughout the entirety of the thing, very present on this song. Brings it down a little bit for me. It also slightly too long. Could have cut down that outro a little bit. Gets a little repetitive toward the end. But overall, really like this track. Uh, nine out of ten. Made it, you know, makes it into the daily rotation.
0: Awesome, awesome, Mike. What do you got from Rocket on the radio?
1: Damn you, Kyle! Why do you gotta be on the same exact uh, <laughs> wavelength of me? Something's wrong. It, like, this
2: is like three or four in a row now, Mike. This is getting ridiculous. Yeah, I
1: know. This this was a home <laughs> run, man. This was a this was a a banger. You know, uh, it yeah. definitely. I love the chorus. The chorus is what really elevates this. Mm-hmm. Up. Uh, I even watched live performances of it after I saw it. Uh, made a reference to JT about it, which he completely did not even acknowledge (laughs) because he hadn't
0: listened to the album yet, JT. I was so busy with work. Forgive me, everyone. I know. I just (laughs) wanted to
1: headbutt you. Like, I wanted to, like, I don't know. What is wrong with you, stupid? Uh, Rock, rock on the radio. Yeah, I was telling him to play it at the K104 thing. But, um, you know, so, uh, yeah. So, like, yeah, man, guitar riffs are cool. Can anyone tell me the beginning guitar riff that the song starts out with is really super close to another song that, you know, that the opening, then there's another song that's like, I, I literally don't know the name, but I could even sing some of the vocals to it along with it. Uh, and I don't know what it is, but it drives me nuts because I wanted to reference it in this, um, you know, to kind of give it a, a little bit of a crap for using kind of almost an identical opening riff to another song. Um, that's, well, there, that's
2: tough because i feel like that
1: happens again i have to go every, back and listen
2: to it again but i feel like it's wow. so many tracks on here that i hear it i'm like oh that's like this song from yeah decades ago
1: it's, it's so close to a lot of songs um but yeah this is a fun song like i said like kyle said it'll it's an actual song that i would probably listen to again on a, on an mm-hmm. actual playlist uh in a daily sense like where it wouldn't like you know so yeah nine out of ten didn't go to a ten for me because like the uh, same thing as kyle said some of the cheesy lyrics and also just um like that ending was uh they were dragging that on a little bit um you know and yeah trying to kind of uh create a, a really um i could see it really working well live repeating yeah. the end you know, Absolutely. versus like listening to it. Yeah, yeah, so. And um, I totally
2: see yeah. why this is her most popular song on Spotify.
1: Yeah, 100%. it's a fun song. 9 out of 10.
0: Well, it's a 9 out of 10 for me too. <laughs> Need we say more? It's It, it kicks ass. It is awesome. It, it, I agree with you guys. It is a little long at some points, but I I, I let that slide for me a little bit. But it's a solid song. I might actually add this into my playlist. Just want to let you guys know. I might have already done that for <laughs> all you know. Let's see what happens. Uh, no, gr- great song. Definitely screams the '80s again, but it's 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 strong. And uh, Mike, I'm gonna find out what that riff what that riff is like. Yeah, it's driving me um,
1: nuts, man. I can I know. like after I ain't gonna sing on camera to like hype. Sing watch, it right here, I'm sing it right, sing here to right now. No. I'm going to sing to you guys when we get out. Like, I'm literally going to do the uh, mock vocals of what I think it is. And I'm just like, I feel like I need to go on, like, uh, Soundhound or, um, you know, and whatever. (laughs) Yeah, Soundhound will, like, you whistle something and it'll tell you what song it thinks you're doing. So I think Google Um, has it, too. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a good way to, like, figure out what, you know, what riff or what.
0: So and yeah. if if we were doing another show, we, we, I would have said we swiped right because all three of us agreed on the same thing, <laughs> which, which is yes. crazy. But yeah, it's hard, hard. it doesn't normally happen there, but I'm glad it happens. So, no. Anyways, let's mm-hmm. talk about Get It On. Kyle, Get It On. Good, Ben.
2: It Again, all. it's all right. It's all right. Um, the bass does some cool things on here, which something that I wish it did more on the album itself. I feel like this is one of the only standout songs that I could pinpoint like a, a good bass line on. Um, lyrics again a bit cringy on this Uh, corny gang vocals start to make an appearance and this is something that carries over through again almost every track from this point on and the gang vocals on this are just way too Broadway for me and that continues throughout but uh, for me same as the first few tracks six out of ten It's it's just you know there it's not great it's
1: good Mike. yeah i agree completely and it's insane dude like you said is almost what i exactly wrote in my notes i literally said uh feels a little poppy with chorus group sing-along uh um being too pronounced and uh that basically the lyrics are cringe like like literally making sounding like getting it on is the way to like heal the like the nation or something like we all just need to get it on like it was just like like my god like you found the answer to like uh you know like all of times uh you know uh wounds here like and uh and it just it it's definitely sold into itself too much with like trying to be like this big group sing along with like the back vocals and just uh they take over and they blast you in the face and and it's just like you just don't want so much of that because it, it comes off very kind of cheesy and um yeah it's a 6.5 for me out of 10 uh you, you know like it definitely is not uh um something that's terrible but um you wish there was a little more blending of uh, other elements that um weren't so you just kind of a little cheese factor for sure
0: yeah, I'm, I'm. I mean, it's 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 not bad, but you could definitely see the cheat. You could definitely see. You could hear the cheesiness of the lyrics. I I get that. Um, I, I agree. though. it's funny when when I first read the title, I was like, "Oh, Bang a Gong, get it on from like the '60s," where yes. like like T Rex yes. wrote that. I was like, wait, wait, "Wait, is this a cover? No, that's original." Um, no, and for and for whatever reason, I thought of I thought of Bang a Gong, get it on, and I thought of Def Leppard for whatever reason. <laughs> Uh, not not musically, but just for for like forget music for a sec. But just like the strictly of the title, "Get It On" sounds like "Let It Go" from um um Def Leppard's uh, "High and Dry." For whatever reason, I was like, I don't know, just uh, for some reason, like, there's like a Def Leppard callback here. I can smell it. <laughs> I was waiting for it, but no, it's it's not it's it's not rocking on the radio, but it is very good. Um, I'm sitting at about like six point seven five, almost a seven. Actually, I'll give it a seven. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be fair today. <laughs> uh, a seven out of ten for me. Definitely a solid song, but not like quite like what I was hoping or expecting it to be after follow or to be following. Uh, rocking on the radio. So yeah. Um, all right. Too late for love. Is this too fast for love, Kyle? What do you got going on?
2: <laughs> no. Talk more about. Uh... <laughs> I wish it was that good. No, this is more, this is where I'm surprised you didn't throw in a Def Leppard reference here, JT, because all this song made me want to do is go listen to too late for love by Def Leppard. (laughs) Uh, This song would have been better if it was a cover of that.
0: I'm getting Mm. to it. Don't worry. (laughs)
2: Uh, The hook on this really doesn't stick. This is, it is not a good chorus. It's not memorable at all. Uh, Again, all it did was make me want to just go listen to Def Leppard. Something a lot of the songs on this record did was made me want to go listen to another artist that did something like this, but better back when it was, you know, the style. So this one for me, this is also where the album you're going to see in my ratings here takes a downturn. Uh, So four out of ten for me. Mm. I did not enjoy this one at all.
0: Oh, man. no, Mike, is there any redemption here? Ooh, it's hard. Wow. Because,
2: again, it's hard because when a song makes me want to go listen to another artist and turn that song off, like halfway through the song, I was like, I kind of want to go hear this other song now. When a song does that, it just shows to me like I would never go and listen to this.
1: Man, man, I think someone might be the villain today. that I can finally take oh, a break. Oh, no, just you wait, Mike. <laughs> oh,
0: no, oh, no. Uh,
1: too late for love. Um, you know, it just really, it really wasn't anything spectacular, but I didn't hate it. Um, I, I thought the, the, the chorus was okay. Um, nothing too, you know, terrible. Um, these of course straightforward. Uh, it was a seven out of ten for me. Um, so I was, wow, I was surprised to see Kyle wow. going to a four, and I appreciate that. Uh, because I like when someone is honest to a, uh, you know, kind of just a brutal quality, you know, like I obviously not being brutal for the sense of being brutal, but when it needs to happen, it not hold back because of whatever reason, you know. So um but yeah too late for love uh um pretty decent nothing uh pretty run of the mill nothing crazy but I enjoyed it and chilled out to it so yeah seven out of ten.
0: It's kind of your standard like modern day take on an 80s hair metal song. <laughs> yeah sure yeah it, it, it truly is um mm-hmm. I'm kind of sitting at uh, like um, i kind of sitting with Mike on this, one, but a little bit low. I'm sitting at a six point five, um, not because I, I didn't, mainly because after uh you know after rock on the radio and getting on, I was like, all right, I'm kind of I'm starting to like lose some interest, not all, but some interest, and I was like, all right, you know, whatever, we'll go from there. Um, but yeah, it's when it wasn't just boredom for me. Like I I see where Kyle's point is, but when a song just like when a song, as Kyle said, it's like when you hear a song and you want to hear another song by another artist. I agree with your point there. I will say that there are songs that just make you bored. There are. There just are. This one got me a little bored, but not like super bored, where I was like, turn it off now. I'm falling asleep. What's going on? Like, where am I? Ches Kane, come out of nowhere. Please help me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, <laughs> no, but this is like, this was a solid you know, 6.5 out of 10. Not, not, nothing too, it's kind of your standard song of the album, but it's like, it's still... I'll I'll give it a 6.5. That's what I'm at with that. Um, Defender of the heart. Kyle, what do you got?
2: You guys thought I was the villain before.
0: Uh, Oh, no.
2: (laughs) This is actually tied for my least favorite song on the album. Wow. It's not tied with Too Late for Love. I'll get to the other song later. But this one, this is so right here, kind of started with Too Late for Love, but really hit me here is where I really started to get sick of the sound. (laughs) Uh, Mike, you had mentioned this, oh my God, not last week, I guess it was during the Metallica one, where when an album is just so long of the same things, and it's not like this is a super long album, when it's a lot of the same thing with no variation going on, and it's the same sound throughout. Yeah, Some songs just suffer from that album fatigue, and this is where that started really hitting in for me especially Mm. on further listens uh this one it's boring not much is happening here uh there's a piano tone on this sounds like a glockenspiel bothers the hell out of me i hate the tone (laughs) Uh, there's a solo here that this is the one solo on the album that i think feels shoehorned in and doesn't really serve a purpose other than let's throw a solo in here just because it's an 80s inspired rock album again why listen to this when i can go listen to pat benatar or patty smith or even blondie or something you know like it just sounds so like try hard to be those other artists
1: that just doesn't work for me again also it's too late for love think about uh uh you look wonderful tonight by eric clapton yeah. you know uh-huh. that it reminds me of the you know mm-hmm. like that literally like it literally reminds me of eric clapton's you look wonderful tonight which i it just like bothered me while i listened to it like and like you said, it made me kind of want to go listen to that to make sure it wasn't the exactly the same, but it was, it, it obviously changes up a little bit, but it's just like so similar in, in parts that it just makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, the, I'm sitting at a three on this one. Oof.
2: Ooh.
1: Oof. Jess yeah. just Sorry. fell off the cliff.
0: Yeah. Jez, Jez, um, you can still come on if you want.
1: <laughs> well, let me be the defender of the heart here. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to defend the defender this. Uh, of the heart. It's definitely. Uh one of those plodding kind of songs. Ba-ba-bum, 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 ba-ba-bum. You know, like it feels so like you know the parts of the 80s pop that we didn't want, like the kind of stuff you used to listen to on the radio, and it was this is kind of like somebody paying homage to like uh even the parts of the 80s that we didn't want. It's almost like with every picture you have like the dark and the light and the, and the, 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 the ugly and the beautiful, like this is almost like I have to do this in order to really touch on every single aspect of eighties um, music that was happening at the time, even if that wasn't good. So like, yeah, like I said before, it has that Eric Clapton kind of like uh melody, part of that melody in there. Um, it's plotting, it's sloppy. It's just like, you know, it's not good. It's a five out of 10. It's not, like I wouldn't go anything lower than that because like if I was listening to this I wouldn't be like you know I like it was just like good background music and uh um you know it was it could go lower but I I do appreciate her ability um you know to sing and and the fact that it's under I think a big part of this that it doesn't uh, like I've said in many reviews the more popular you are the higher your expectations are the lower and the less popular you are, the more I'm going to give you a pass on certain things because you, you, the expectation and like your uh, requirement to deliver a product that is extremely well polished and and good as a debut uh, feel out song, it's it's a five out of ten. If 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 she had put out a previous album and I was um, rating it up against that or even her sixth album. We would be sitting in a, a much worse territory, but I'm willing to kind of like ease off on that as kind of like an intro to like, hey, nice, nice work, but do less of this. So uh yeah, five out of ten for me.
2: See, I- I'm an equal opportunity harsh reviewer, Mike. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: yeah. I go go do it, man. You know. All right. Oh man. So, wow. no passes here, JT. <laughs>
0: Oh man, well, listen. I mean, look, full. I mean, look, Defender of the Heart, it, it, more like Defender of the Snore, let's put it that way. It, <laughs> I was getting, it was getting, Defender it was getting of the sharp. D- d- <laughs> <Defender laughs> I was getting bored at the last like minute of the song for whatever reason. Like, I, I was listening to it again and again and again. And I was like, wait a second. And I, as I got to the end of Defender of the Heart, I'm like, why is this letting me like making me want to go to sleep? I'm like I, I'm serious cuz I was like it's 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 not I mean it's kind of like it's a weird exception of like the song that starts um a song that starts off like kind of cool uh, as your typical in this in this context of the 80s like rock uh style but then it just that outro goes on and on and on And I really started to get like just bored of it after a while. And I mean, I hate saying that word. I hate saying that word to begin with, bored, because music should not, not all make, not all music makes you feel, you know, happy or, or, or joyful. I mean, there is sad music out there, and this and there's something just make you bored. And this one, for whatever reason, just got me going. Like, I almost wanted to skip the last 48 seconds or whatever, and just go to the go to Ball and Chain right after that, because I was like, it's just. If for whatever reason it yeah. got to me, and I was like, I was falling asleep a little bit, like, come on, 48 seconds left, I could go to bed right now, you know. What I mean, it's like one of those <laughs> so but yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's it's weird because, like, the first half is great, it's a good plus, great, then it gets slowly progresses into like, all right, what is this? I for that, that was my experience with it. I'm gonna just give it a solid like five four or five out of ten. I'm gonna give it a, a, a 4.5, excuse me, 4.5, because it's not it's not like it starts off strong and then it ends kind of weak my only guess that they did that in the production and the making of the album of the song was because on vinyl for, the, for those you're old enough to remember for those you have vinyl kids on a vinyl typically the last song on side one uh does a long fade out on to uh, on the on the vinyl record like the last song if you listen to uh, what's an example? Like, the last song on Toto Four is Africa. You know the hit song, I, and "Bless the Rains," whatever. Mm. That last song, that's it was a number one hit. Yeah, but that last minute and a half of the song was the last and the ending of the album. So that, that that's when I when I, that's why I give it some credit, but uh, other than that, it's like you know it's it is what it is, unfortunately. But uh, this is a really so my, when I was listening to it, I was like, is, did they purposely make this so they could put it on vinyl? <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like. That's <laughs> Like they could actually put it on vinyl and it would actually be spinning and end that way. I was like, you know, so I don't know. I just, I feel like that's, I feel like that's what they I, honestly, I feel like that was, they're, they're trying to, do. but it's at the, at the end of the day, it's not a strong side one closer. You know what I mean? In quotation marks there, but yeah, that's just me. I'm sitting at a 4.5, maybe a five on a good can day. We,
1: can we, uh, go inverse, uh, uh, review here, and you you continue on with ball and chain because I'm just curious how back to back like founder of the heart ball and chain. I just want, and then I'll go, and then Kyle just for this one because I'm just curious what your thoughts were on this one. Without so you
0: want me to go for letting, ball and chain? Then yeah, you and yeah. Chain I'm just
1: curious Kyle. how you where you okay. where you come from
0: on that. So all right, so ball and chain for me, it's like, it's kind of like it starts off strong with with the, with the way the guitar is, and then it it continues on with it as it, kind of like the th- we're, the thing we're repeating ourselves crazy here is there's not much change. There's no like change ups in the songs. And with, with for ball and chain, it's like, it's, it's a good song, but it, there's not too much change. in the lyrics, I was like, like the lyrics were like, with a ball. I forgot the melody, but it's like the, with a ball and chain, you could like do like, I, I don't know, like damage or whatever. Very cheesy lyrics going back to that, that theme here from the eighties and whatnot. But I, am I'm at like a six for ball and chain, nothing too heptic, nothing too low, nothing too high, nothing too low. I'm saying I'm at a six for ball and chain. I mean, I'm not I'm curious I'm curious to see why you said why you said let's change it up for a second, but that's 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 where I'm standing at it as a six out of ten. So
1: I just wanted to see if you would like list some of the songs that this ripped off of and and uh, that way I didn't give you the idea by me saying it. So then uh so literally I Yeah, I know this was a shock to the heart. And uh heaven is a place on earth. Like literally, if I mean literally, ooh heaven is this literally is ooh, heaven is a place on earth and shock to the heart. You know, it literally was like bunch of Bon Jovi songs and a bun and Heaven is a Place on Earth put in a blender. It yeah. was so obvious that I literally it was one of those songs that even if the song was okay. I couldn't take it seriously halfway through and just automatically wrote off as a four out of 10 because it's just so all the melodies belong to other songs, just spliced up into different orders. And I'm, and I feel like this song, this album is so unknown that even the copyright people haven't gotten to it yet. (laughs) Like, I feel like there could be a, a, could be a like a court case coming out here within the, you know, within the year or something but it's like there's if there ain't no wikipedia page that don't that means that not a lot of uh record labels are out looking for because it's not making a ton of money to scare off like you know yeah scare off the you know these kind of people who are trying to capture this stuff so yeah it was it was just painful to get this one through and just hear so many rips that i couldn't handle it it's it's like it was like you
0: it was like the bon joey song was you 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 give love a bad name
1: yeah right that chugging guitar
0: yeah it's kind of like yeah yeah you I, could, I, could, I couldn't think of it for whatever reason, but
1: yeah. Yeah. So,
0: yep. Yeah, Kyle, what do you got?
2: Hey, man. Uh, yeah, Mike, I did pick up on that as well. So okay, cool. uh, this without that could have been a song I enjoyed a little bit more. But like mm. you said, again, this falls into the category of I'll just go listen to one of those songs. <laughs> so, this one, right. I don't think it's bad. I am a little bit higher on it than you. I think this is what the album needed at this point to kind of pick things up again, because it is a fun song, whether mm-hmm. or not it rips on other songs, it is actually a fun song, something too special, but it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. It's fun. It doesn't hit nearly the high of rocket on the radio levels of fun mm-hmm. or catchiness, uh, but it, it does have all the right elements to it. It's a six out of 10 for me. If it didn't, you know, rip on a couple other tracks, mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. Could have been a, like a seven or so, maybe seven, 7.5. But,
1: uh, you know, i got to knock it a little bit for that. So I got to to a six. Hmm. Okay. And then we get, we'll just come right back to Kyle and restart the original, uh, you know,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: order of back-to-back.
0: All right. Yeah, now, we're so back to Kyle.
2: And go ahead. Midnight rendezvous. I mean, midnight rendezvous. <laughs> <here>. uh, <laughs> this is the, uh one that tied Defender of the Heart for my least favorite guitar riff, very stereotypical hair metal. It's probably the one thing on the track that I actually took to and liked the vocal melody on this one. This is the one time on here I'm going to criticize vocals because she's a very talented vocalist, hands down, no doubt about it. The vocals on this, the singing isn't necessarily the issue. What I draw issue with on this one that bothers me is the vocal melody leaves a lot to be desired like a lot on this one it's not memorable at all outside of the guitar intro that's where they lose me on this it and this one wears out it's welcome incredibly quickly like this is probably the most forgettable on the album in a way but also the most aggravating in that once it gets past the first like minute I'm like okay I don't need this anymore especially when it's Toward the end of the album, and again, that album fatigue really, especially after it kind of caught my attention again with Ball and Chain, and then just dropped it for me. So, I'm at another three on this one.
0: Ooh, ooh, sheesh. Sheesh. That's a low point right there, Mike. Is there any redemption for Midnight M- 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 Rendezvous or Snoo whatever?
1: Kyle's the villain, man. I actually felt this was more of a prominent metal kind of intro. I, loved I love everything. The intro. Yeah, the intro starts, I really like the get, like, leading up to the chorus, and then the chorus just sucks. Like, it just, uh, you know, it almost reminded me of Striper with the vocals, though, like, the way that vibrato hits, um, which was interesting, because uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, that's, like, a female version of, like, the guy from Striper. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, overall, I didn't hate this song, I didn't love Superly really love it at all um, um i'm a big chorus guy like uh choruses really keep me uh going back to a song and stuck in my head and but i did like the instrumentals on it and the more uh front uh you know loaded guitars and vocals kind of took a back seat which i'm okay with um yeah so it uh definitely is like 6.5 out of 10 um not terrible i i'm not a huge vocal person i do love a powerful vocalist but um, I do like when the the music um, kind of uh, takes the front row here and um, kind of brings, delivers some power. So, um, yeah, 6.5 out of 10.
0: Well, I'm going to be short and sweet with this one. This is a 6 out of 10. Hmm. Uh, nothing. It, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with what both you guys are saying, but more, I'm leaning more towards Mike only because uh, it, it it wasn't, again, repetition definitely there um but it's not like it it kept me interested though for the most part it wasn't like was it like as good as rocking on the radio no but it was definitely like it definitely held my attention a little bit more than some other ones um Mm. but for whatever reason i'm not just that's just what happened so um but yeah uh overall pretty good track i want to go back to it probably out of all of them probably not um i would probably go back to the probably the first Tracks one and three, better than love and rocking on the radio more than I would this one. So that's just kind of give you a feel for where I'm at right now. But yeah, six out of 10, nothing super, nothing too special, but nothing too bad, in my opinion. Um, Kyle, you can die in the name of love.
2: (laughs) So musically, I actually don't have much of an issue with this track. Uh, However, this is just kind of could be another six out of 10 for me. I'm going a little bit lower to a five, and I'll explain it with this. Musically, it's in that same ball and chain, better than love kind of area. It's good. It's just you know, your standard 80s stuff. It's more of the same. Where I have to dock it even more points is these are my least favorite lyrics on the album. I can't stand. I hate over-dramatic lyrics. And these are some of the most overdramatic lyrics I've heard in a long time. Die in the name of love. Oh, it's just so 80s cringe. In twenty twenty three that just annoys the crap out of me. I really didn't like it. It really brought me out of it at five out of ten. It's just I wouldn't turn it off if it was there. But I wouldn't, yeah you know, I wouldn't seek it out. I'd probably skip it.
0: Mike, is there any hope?
1: Well, um, I actually thought this was pretty uh run of the mill. Like, I mean, it got stuck in my head, that chorus. Um, not that I loved it. It just was just catchy to the ear uh it reminds me of the first song of the album uh you know like kyle was saying it kind of it's the sound starts to wear out it's welcome um it almost feels very uh mechanically separated like uh you know just very kind of like um let's rearrange these pieces and kind of uh you know add these elements that were that are just kind of you hear throughout it and they don't really add anything or they don't take anything away they just kind of Kind of plod through and um yeah but i mean other than that um i like the the 80s feel to it uh a, a lot of that saves this album for me because the 80s feel to it like being so unknown and kind of delivering a pure 80s sound and it doesn't do any kind of like modern thing to it um is like almost a blessing and a curse because if it did a modern thing and it didn't do it well and it didn't blend it well it could really hurt it but if it does the 80s thing and and stays true to it it keeps it at this like six seven level you know what i mean like it's like it can never achieve anything higher because it doesn't take a a risk but it never does anything modern and fails to do it so it doesn't like hurt it it just stays at this like kind of like flat line um you know just uh so um six out of ten yeah it just kind of just uh doesn't doesn't kill it doesn't save it just kind of delivers the same product that the first song kind of did you know so
0: mm. for me when, when i first read before i even hear, heard it or looked at it or even listened to it i actually um for whatever reason i read the title and i was like is this a supreme's ripoff with stopping the name of love i was like there's no effing way that that happened because that's a great song too anyways it's, it's it's iconic of of its time, but anyways, we did not get a direct ripoff of "Stop in the Name of Love," which is a great song, Motown song by the Supreme Just want to say that. Um, but you know, it's kind of just there. It's kind. Of, I, I hate quoting Mike, but it is run of the mill. It really is. It's like it's not too much of it, it. It's just kind of where the album kind of like starts to like take a small like another dip in the road if you another pothole in the in the road on the pathway there. Um. It's nothing super special. It's kind of just one of the, it's kind of just the ninth track on the album. And that's really all it is to me at least. And I'm sitting at like a six out of 10. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with Mike to a good tea on this one specifically. So, but I, I will say though, I did think it was when I first read it, I was like, is this a Supreme ripoff? Is it, are they really trying to rip off the Supremes to some extent? Uh, but clearly they weren't. So it's okay. It's all good. You can stop in the name of love anytime you want. Anyways. <laughs> um, Last track on the album. Thank you so much for sticking along with us, everyone. Uh, Dead End Street. Kyle, The Closer. It's the most epic song on the album, right? Mm -hmm.
2: This, it's not my least favorite song on the album, but it made me the most mad of anything on the album. Now, let me explain that because musically, it's fine. It's just fine. It's more of whatever. But this is the most like try hard album closer To the point where it's like whoever produced this and wrote it, we're in a room and we're just like, well, let's just pull out a bunch of albums from the mid to late 80s. How did they end their albums? Perfect. Let's do exactly that. And that's what happened here. It's nothing exciting. I just wanted it to be over at this point. Again, no disrespect to her. I appreciate what she's doing. I respect it. But at this point, that fatigue just really hit. And when I heard that it was this stereotypical album closer where it just tries to be this kind of dramatic or like slower type of finish with the exact same elements you would expect. It just it bothered me a lot mm-hmm. just because it, yeah, I'll get into it when I talk about my whole wrap up. Uh, but four out of ten here made me actually mad when I heard what it was turning into.
0: Wow. it's the first time he's ever used the word mad, by the way, anyways. Uh, but Mike, what do you got? What do you Man,
1: got? Ky- I, finally, Kyle takes the villain. I'm okay. I, yeah. It was just kind of like, yeah, once again, it kind of bored me. Um, You know, this is one of those kinds of songs that will get a certain rating, but it'll hurt the album as an overall score. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, the album, the song, the song is a six out of 10 for me. It's just kind of like, um, you know, it just kind of doesn't do anything great it just kind of uh stays pretty kind of uh um you know just the usual run of the mill um 80s kind of feel with some real cheesy lyrics um you know and it just kind of like uh delivers just kind of a pretty like uh uninterested un- uninteresting kind of uh end to the album um, I'm, I could possibly slide down to a five and a half, um, you know, or even a five um, probably. But like I said, I'm not rating this as hard as I could because this is the first album. So once we get into, you know, if we do Ches Kane part two, um, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> uh, part Two coming next week, <laughs> you're definitely not going to see this kind of ease kind of uh, rating, you know, you're definitely gonna be like, okay, what are you, what are you delivering next? And, you know, it's gonna be the pressure's on. So um yeah, I just did six out of ten. Just you know, yeah, it's uh nothing yeah, you know, nothing to see here, but nothing really that uh made me like wanna my ears vom- wanna vomit or whatever, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
0: know I, I didn't know that ears could vomit, Mike. How about well, that?
1: Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, my ears vomit, man.
0: Are you sure your ears weren't bleeding? <laughs>
1: they no were, no, they not... went past that.
0: Oh god. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Sounds very intense there. Exactly. Uh, this is nothing super special. I mean, I'll give it credit because it's the album closer. I, I did like, though, I, I should have mentioned this when we first started, started our track listening, but Better Than Love has a sax, a saxophone solo in it. And this one does have a saxophone solo in it. Uh, I forget where in the song, but I, I heard it. I was like, oh, OK, kind of like looping it together, tying it nowhere near as good as I thought it would be, though. Solid five. Not done
2: nearly as well as it was in the first track
0: no no, of course it was kind of almost hidden almost to an extent there um right. but yeah this is this is like 5.5 out of 10 it's kind of like it literally like just just above halfway for me because it's nothing nothing super special I mean would I go back to this one probably not what I'll go back to other the other ones I mentioned before hmm. um but this one is like it's, it's kind of like it almost reminded me of like his how um oh what was it yeah I'm trying to think of the album closer on hysteria the album by Def Leppard. Uh, it, it wasn't the song hysteria though I know that but but it kind of gave me like hysteria like the title track vibes for whatever reason um <laughs> yeah I know Mike's like it was a laughing because I'm the title track guy but, but, uh, but jt
2: what if uh what if this song was the title track
0: <laughs> oh
1: called called chess Kane. <laughs> yeah, yeah then it's a solid
0: chance? 10 out of ten it's a, <laughs> no screw that it's an 11 out of ten I'm just kidding oh and,
1: uh, damn
0: it would be a solid 12 out of eight clearly we're talking like gold stat platinum status <laughs> song right here uh no 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 obviously there is no title track in here so i can't really gravitate towards it unfortunately which is okay um no it, it, it's it's a decent closer it's not like a super memorable one but it's decent for what it is it's just a 5.5 out of ten. um that's our track listing and rating uh sorry, ratings coming up now anything else for the track listing We we, we covered a lot there so
2: no, I'm good, but I JT. I think I want you to go first on the overall yeah me rating. Too.
0: Yeah, because thank I'll, you. I I'll, I'll
2: bookend really it coming in at last, and we'll <laughs> see. see where I stand.
0: Okay. All right. Anyway, so let, let's talk about this album for a second. Um. So, as I as I said from the very beginning, we I decided to have because I saved um I saved this album on the recommendation of a YouTube video and a, and a YouTube channel that I interviewed, actually interviewed her as well. Um, I gave it a shot for our show tonight. and I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. Whatever. It's worth, worth trying out, worth hearing, worth seeing what we have to see, uh, what this album has to offer. And sure enough, there were some very good high points towards the top of the record, uh, towards the front of it, excuse me. But as you progressed on, this album had, I'm going to just say it, it had, a, it got me bored a little bit. Uh, at some points, I was like, oh, here's another, here's that 80s synth again, or that key, keyboard, or whatever. Here's that guitar riff again. I was kind of, uh, so I'm at a mild 6.5 out of 10 uh, the, for the whole album because it's a. I I, I again, I, I wanted to give it a shot. I never listened to it until I had I save it saved on my Spotify for like ever, but I just never listened to it. So finally, listening to it and actually giving it a shot, I'm giving this out 6.5 out of 10. Um, it, it, I, I will say though, in its defense, it is a fresh tip. I would, I would make the argument: it's, a, it's a nice to hear a modern, quote unquote, modern rock album of that style, like a, like a throwback but a modern take with modern production of 80s styles. You know, what I mean, instead of just hearing the remastered versions of mm-hmm. "Living on a Prayer" or "Pour Some Sugar on Me" or "Kickstart My Heart" or whatever, you know, it's nice to hear stuff like this when you have it. Um, but it's not it didn't deliver as much as I thought it would so I'm sitting at about a 6.5 out of 10 I'm not going up to a seven tonight sorry <laughs> um, let's go over to mike what Mike what what do you what do you got for your overall rating of chess Kane's debut album
1: yeah like I said before there's a there's some uh, the way I do my uh, album ratings is there's a uh, overall the overall score gets hurt by certain aspects. Uh, one of the you know, we got to take some points off for is uh, kind of uh, just the kind of sounds the same throughout the whole album and doesn't really kind of uh, differentiate a lot of songs from each other. Um, that takes a, a little bit of a, you know, um, a little bit of a damage to the score um as well as you know there's some other aspects like um you know some of the uh the score that the guitars are kind of buried in some of them some of it feels very kind of like uh it rips off and that's another that's the the other um negative part of it is it rips off a lot of melodies and other songs that just kind of can't forget um and you know it feels very like uh too uh needed to uh you know kind of uh following those footsteps a little too closely without having an identity of its own especially since she didn't write any of the music or it wasn't it, uh, i don't even believe she was a part of the process of making the music she's she's pretty much just the talent who delivers the um the lyrics and stuff like that so like um, you luke know for brian. that luke brian she's the female Luke brian ches brian um so yeah so just be uh, in the vein of that it's a six out of ten for me um you know, I can even fluctuate to a five out of ten being um but like I said, this is gonna be a little bit easier because uh, you know, it's just a debut album and you know, we get into that the power zone. I think that's her next album, I believe. I don't know if anybody looked into that, but I was um looking through the next album. I actually listened to one of the songs on YouTube, and um, yeah, it wasn't anything special, but um it definitely will be rated harder um uh, as like you know a uh, second effort and you know, learning from your mistakes developing your sound kind of fine-tuning polishing the different aspects you know gaining an identity those are all the things that you're expected to kind of move forward with and um you know whether you do that or not remains to be seen but yeah six out of ten
0: cool and kyle
1: all right hey man i'm to
2: rant a bit for a minute here <laughs> So this album is trying so hard to be 80s to very yes. much its own detriment. Mm. Like right out the gate, it starts first three tracks. And we go, OK, you know, rock on the radio. Absolutely great song. No doubt about it. Totally respect her as a vocalist. She, you know, on vocals, she kills it. I think the writing suffers. And to me, there's a difference between inspiration and imitation. <laughs> inspiration i think is absolutely great yeah imitation bothers me so one of the problems i have with nostalgia is when people just do oh you liked this here's an album of that like so in a way i see a lot of people and jt's mentioned it himself people the reviews for this album are fantastic and i'm glad that people like it i, I really am but yep. for me I disagree with everyone that it is a modern take on the 80s. I don't -hmm. think it's modern at all. I think it's very much just rooted in here's what the 80s sounded like. Let's do that. But with modern technology recording it. Yeah, right. Like if she recorded this directly to tape did like an analog recording session for this live in the studio, you could definitely fool me and say this came out in like 1986. Hands down, no doubt about it. Which Even for the time, I don't think it would be in the top tier of, you know, of music. Uh, So many of the songs just hit, and I hear remnants of songs from decades ago, or like blatantly not even taking inspiration from, but almost trying to imitate another artist. And I don't think that's her. I think that's on you know whoever wrote the songs. If she didn't write them, I I can't fault her for that. But it just makes me crazy licks. It just makes me go, yeah, whoever that is. Just makes me go go listen to that other Mm -hmm. artist. Like, there are certain points where I'm like, I'll go listen to Runaway by Bon Jovi. That's this song, but done better. Too late, you know, mostly in the name and the lyrics here, but Too Late for Love. It made me want to go listen to Too Late for Love by Def Leppard. And this just was a recurring theme throughout this. So, for me, again, inspiration, not imitation and one of the best parallels i have for this in modern music was in about 2013 or so motionless and white released their album infamous which was very much uh marilyn manson inspired where they took their sound and they merged it with like some marilyn manson influence it wasn't imitating him but it took aspects to that and they used it to their own sound at the same time that there's a band called vampires everywhere much smaller band their second album was essentially a marilyn manson imitation Mm -hmm. one of those albums was good one kind (laughs) of sucked good one was the one that took their sound and added to it i would think this album would have been very good if she took more risks with it and Mm -hmm. said You know what? That's cool. Yeah, that's what they did in the 80s, but let's maybe add a more modern take to it. Another similar situation with pop punk in the year 2023. You don't hear pop punk bands for the most part, at least not the big ones, just rehashing 1990s, early 2000s, Blink-182. Right now, there's more of, yes, it's inspired by that, but it has its own sound to it that you can pinpoint to like, oh, this is like the new wave of pop punk. This to me isn't a new wave of hair
1: metal. It's like just hair metal remastered. Imitation of Blink 182. You mean like like, Machine Gun Kelly? Excuse me. Sorry, I got a little little old guy. But (laughs) even
2: in
0: that one, I can't (laughs) really
1: call him for that because Travis Barker is writing the music. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how dare you? Uh, When you have a member of Blink 182 writing, it doesn't really count. (laughs) That's true, but with his weak. Freaking horrible uh, vocal. Hey, he's an incredible just... vocalist, Mike. Oh, God. About? What are you talking about? <laughs> His incredible. range
2: is fantastic. But <laughs> another know? point on here that my another thing I fault this album for highly is I wish she could show off more vocal range and vocal dynamics. I felt like every song on this was just, all right, belt away. You're a good vocalist. Yeah. You're a power vocalist. You just continue belting. I would have liked some moments of more like, reserved like softer vocals Mm -hmm. i think that could have added to the songs a lot especially the slower ones like i think even like defender of the heart could have been a point or two higher if instead of just kind of that power vocals the whole time yeah it let that take a backseat to the music and did more reserved vocals on it but again highly respect her she has a great voice Mm -hmm. i think i might enjoy her stuff if she actually you know kind of changes it up a bit and introduces more modern aspects and this is coming from someone that is a huge fan of 80s music uh, so i've actually started doing what mike does in the ratings in that my score of just the songs combined here the average score on this is like a 5.25 mm-hmm. but i can't let a song an outlier like rocket on the radio jack the <laughs> score up that much <laughs> it's so much higher than the others that I, as an album experience, I got to give it a 4.5. When I, when I have an album that more than a little bit more than halfway through it, I start to just get fatigued and just be like, all right, I've heard this. It, it keeps going. When's it going to be over?
1: Hmm.
2: Especially when I get to that last track. And then it's just that stereotypical closer. Like it just, it just sounds like the producers of this and not just that song, but the whole record. we just like, how do we write an eighties album? What did this sound like? Let's just dartboard, boom. We'll put that song on here. (laughs) Dartboard. We'll put that song on here. We'll we'll be inspired by Def Leppard for this one, Bon Jovi for this one, Um, Blondie Mm. for this one. Yep. And to me, I just want more of their own personality coming through rather than other artists from years gone by. Um, Same thing. I can kind of see. I understand why the reviews for this are so good. I totally get it.
1: Hmm.
2: But on the other hand, I totally get why she's not as popular as she probably should be in that people will just probably do what we're talking about and be like, oh yeah, that reminds
1: me of this, and then go listen to that. I don't know though. I think if it's today's generation they're just going to suck this up and go yeah, man, like it's the 80s uh, as we can't but remember I don't it, think you know? today's generation...
2: We'll even find this. Yeah. Well, most of the. If today's you look generation the... only finds the 80s stuff through soundtracks of like Netflix shows that yeah, have a place
1: in the 80s. And if you look at all the people who are covering it, it's mostly metal magazines like those. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, which is interesting because like there's uh, a big kind of uh, attraction to the the artists through like Metal Review, you know, um, you know Metal Pit, Metal Planet. Mm-hmm. rock pit you know like uh, metal express um yeah it's actually kind of interesting um it's definitely an underground um which is which i think it would uh it would have success outside of that um but like maybe not as as high as the success as it's having in the metal because a lot of these metal people are about reliving the past um even if it means um imitating it so um yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and then she did a cover of Ghosts' "Mary on the Cross," which is insane. I did not expect to hear that. Well, you um, gotta, you
2: gotta live up to that TikTok hype. The song got huge on TikTok, so you gotta yeah. ride that
1: wave. Yeah, right. So interesting, interesting. So, yeah, like I said, second album we're going to gloves come off on that one. You know, when I listen to that <laughs> the expectation is, to, I mean, and then I'm going to get brutal because I'm like, look, I let you, I let you slide with some of this stuff that you were, you know, your, your vocal prowess is good enough to carry you with, uh, you know, imitating some of these other artists, but like, that don't last long when you now we expect you to take those imitation uh, things and turn them into, uh, you know, growth And growth is important. So we'll see. I will say
2: the one last thing I have to add is that I think one of the most authentic 80s things about this album is that uh, Rocket on the Radio is so far ahead of the other tracks. I feel like so many 80s artists had the same problem where they had one or two songs that were like light years above all the others on the album. And that just Mm -hmm. back in the day, you know, when people actually still bought albums that would carry album sales. You're yeah, going to buy so. it just to hear those tracks. Now you can just be like, right. oh, I want
1: to go listen to rock on the radio. Mm. We're living in different times, boys. And uh, mm. and they're not good. So nope. uh, <laughs> enjoy music so, while you can before AI starts to make all of it.
0: Exactly. Yeah, chat
1: G- JPT is going to take over. So. Excuse me, what? <laughs> <laughs> chat G-B-D-D. Yeah. Yeah. Chat JT um, taking over. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm taking over the internet, guys. Just letting you yeah, know. JG, yeah, yeah. <laughs> JG. Um, any else for this album, guys? Before we wrap it up. Well, yeah. now are we spinning With the wheel them, today? Spinning uh, the whizzy, yeah. Yeah, give me one sec. Let me just do this for you. There you go.
1: There you go. Yeah. Really. You know, your background reminds me, Kyle. Reminds me of that chip brand. Um, uh, Vermont. What was it no? What was it, Vermont? No, I can't remember the name of the chip brand that had okay. that look to it. Um come to me um
0: all right now we're spinning the wheel for kyle and we're gonna pick out next week's album kyle what he's spinning it that's all (laughs) Hmm.
1: oh boy we went straight back to the 80s well this is a new album this is i mean not newer but it's it's 2000 and something 2000 and
0: uh what is it europe's what
1: Europe's uh um I can't, I can't remember the title of my own album it's so small uh all I know is it's a 2000 uh I think it's 2007 okay. um yeah I'll look it's, it up. it's it's yeah little it's a yeah I forget the title of it uh on the fly I think it's uh um I got your mic hold on yeah <laughs> save me uh,
0: I'm looking at the discography.
1: <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> extra. Start, from the, start, start from, from the dark. Start from the dark. That's yep, it. Yeah. You can
0: do it. I mean, from, from 2004. So wow, interesting. 2004. Okay. Interesting <laughs> pick, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, um, start from the dark. Yeah. Well, listen. That's gonna do it for us, guys. Thanks so much for what you're watching, listening. Have you enjoyed us tonight. Um, very interesting pick. Very interesting reviews. Hopefully, you enjoyed it as well. I want to thank the two gentlemen for doing this as always with me, Kyle and Mike. Thank you again. I appreciate you both uh, here. Like, hey. My brothers in arms over here. Um, mm-hmm. And if you like what you've seen here, like, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And don't forget to follow our social media pages as well. Simply at The Superview Show. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well. Simply at The Superview Show. But thanks so much for watching us. And-